14 podcast. It's been a week in Avery. Did you know that the Jays traded uh, Guriel and Moreno for Dalton for uh, Dalton Varsho? Do you know that? I, I can't tell. Know. It's hard I, to know. I can't make myself care. Like, I can can't you... either. Like, I know people are going to say Johnny tweetable all the time, but it's obviously in sarca- sarcasm. Like, do people think the more they tweet about it, the higher the chance that like these players just come back? Like they're gone. Like let it go. Let it go. They're gone. Like I, I just, I, everyone, like that Rob Longley guy from the the Sun. Like he tweets about it eight times a day. It's like give it a fucking rest. It's all the time. It's insane. That's all people tweet about. That they've made that their entire personality now. I yeah. I I understand. Two former Blue Jays are playing in the World Series. <laughs> And, and they got traded. Too, yeah. And they got traded for a guy who hit 220. And the reason they traded for the, that guy was to play good defense, and he's probably the best defender in baseball. Just like I can't. What the Blue Jays wanted from that trade, they got. So it's like one, you can't evaluate a trade in a year. Sure, like. Well, Arash Madani said. <laughs> Arash Madani tweet is crazy. They the Blue Jays do not win the World Series with Gabriel Moreno and uh, Lourdes Gurriel on this team this year. No, no way in hell. Like, do do they think Moreno hit like fifty home runs this year? Like the Jays just didn't hit home runs. Yeah, and he hit seven of them, right, or maybe even less. Yeah, he's like he's like a he's a singles merchant. But like my my entire thing on this is is how would you justify to a fan base? trading away Alejandro Kirk instead and keeping a rookie catcher. Like, I, I don't get how you justify that. Or you, how do you just keep the same team and have three fucking catchers on your roster? It just doesn't make any sense at all. You know, like, it's just a weird, like, the not to call other podcasts, but, like, there's another Blue Jays podcast on YouTube. That's all they fucking talk about. It's like, just give it a rest. It's like, just let it go. Just walk, like, it, it's... The Jays couldn't justify trading away a silver slugger catcher. And if they didn't trade Moreno and Gort- Lourdes Gurriel, how do you justify having three fucking catchers on your team? Or you trade Danny Jansen, whose last two years when he's on the field hits more home runs than anyone else on the team, pretty much. It's just, it, it's wild. I, I, it's just like, it's such a wild, annoying. And I tweet it, it. It's like, it's a discourse that has turned into something that's more annoying than like the Jordan LeBron debate. Like it's re- it's like the Jordan LeBron debate of Toronto Blue Jays Twitter. It's so goddamn annoying, yeah, and it's and never gonna stop. Every time it happens, I just I can't even like feel my blood boil a little bit when I see them do something. It's like I they're not on the team anymore. It's like who cares? Um, it's, there's wow. it's hard to want to cheer for someone more than cheering for Dalton Varsho next year, so that these people can just. Shut the fuck up one time. If Dalton Varsho next year hits like 250, 260 with like 30 home runs or something in that range and puts up the defensive season that he had this year, then the people will be saying Jay's fleet. Like, you can't yeah, evaluate. And then, and then Lourdes has half a win on the Marlins. It's like, yeah. oh, who cares now? Yeah, it's just, it's wild. It's a wild discourse. But congratulations to them, obviously. I mean, um, this World Series has been kind of awesome. I thought it was going to be shit, but uh, that game yesterday was just a just a shit kicking. And the game on Friday, I mean, crazy. Like two run home run. Adolis Garcia rocks. That dude 
that dude is just that dude rocks. I don't think we've had, we've had anything close to that in Toronto. Maybe Joey Bats in the playoffs, I guess. But he he's just he's he's incredible. Do you think uh, Cardinals fans are tired of hearing that they had Adolis Garcia and Randy Rosarena yet? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah that that's a trade you can evaluate and be like, oh, this was really fucking dumb. <laughs> but four or five years down the road, obviously. But yeah, it's uh, it's whatever. But how was your rocks too, man? Yeah, he has, he has a swing that when it gets on plane, the ball is just guaranteed to leave the yard. There's no bullshit. The ball, top of the zone fastball, he makes contact. The ball is a home run every time. He's worth every single dime. He's worth every single dime. And there is a uh, take that we had last year. Um, I might have said it, that Marcus Simeon going to the Rangers was embarrassing because <laughs> he's not serious about winning. Uh, dumb take. Hand up. Not the greatest take. Uh, we've all been there before, though. Uh, it was our first great. ever episode, right? Yeah, first ever episode. I said that. Um, so that that's the excuse I'm going to use. That was the first episode, so that's <laughs> why I had such a catch shit take. You had to come in hot, but yeah, it wasn't great. It wasn't great at all. Um, so let's go. Let's go into the weekend, Avery. How was your week? I mean, I saw you Friday, obviously. You didn't wear a costume to the thing, which is fine. Honestly, kind of a cheat code because no one even notices. Everyone was so drunk and it was dark there. I wish I did that. I mean, I kind of technically did do that. But um, how was was your weekend, man? Good. Uh, Hung out in the city. It was good to see all the boys. You, Curtis, wearing the Johnny Junta. And getting laid in it. (laughs) I didn't know that. (laughs) You got laid dressed as me. Does that count for me? I think that counts as a tuck for you. (laughs) <laughs> um hopefully he treated her as nice as you would but yeah um, no for sure hopefully he went on a nice little i uh, think that day. that tells more about you than it says about curtis that just the johnny g effect is something else great costume great costume but uh it was no, awesome was it was awesome to see you guys out uh at the tailor yeah we were i was out for dinner i have i do this thing where because i know you guys like give me shit like if i'm not gonna come out i'm just like okay sure like i'll come out and you, everyone there knows that I'm actually not coming out. That's uh, just so you guys will stop fucking telling me to yeah, come well, out. Yeah, I, I, I said that to you and the person you were with. I was like, when Avery says, like, we'll see or I'll probably be there, he ain't coming. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, either yes. As soon as I say yes, you know I'm there. But it's like, uh, yeah, some other things. So I had to show face. Um, No, it was good to see all the boys. But it looks like you guys got after it after I left. I had one of my buddies send me a picture or you send a picture of me and you and one of my buddies after and yeah i might be in love with uh his girlfriend's friend uh, okay <laughs> she, she came up to me and uh she was like um you're the podcaster because she's roommates with cummins uh girlfriend. girl yeah yeah and i was like uh yeah yeah i think i think so i followed her before she showed up i think this is the the person you were with's friend because i remember she told me she's like follow her so i followed her and I was like, you have an hour to follow me back on Instagram. She's like, what are you talking about? She's like, you follow me. I was like, oh, I already did. I'll put the shit out of her. She was like, yeah, yeah, you're the podcaster. I was like, let's fucking go, dude. That's what I'm talking about for the brand. But uh, no, it was good. I was banged up, man. Yeah, um, you were. <laughs> call me when you say that, uh, when you heard me say that before. But I was banged up. I didn't. Something about a condo or a house party just gets me fired the fuck up. It really does. I don't know what it is. It's just a little bit. It's a nice of a change of pace. It really is a nice change of pace compared to uh, like going to the bars and stuff like that. I do. I do enjoy it. 
well, you needed to save some money this weekend too. So yeah, was... I budgeted it perfectly. <laughs> that was um, that was perfect. perfect. I, I was drinking a bottle. Day. I was drinking a bottle of wine. I was wearing a white shirt. I wasn't even drunk, and somehow I just spilled it all over my white shirt. But... Yeah, the bottle of wine was a fucking crazy person move. Bring a bottle of wine. Like we weren't planning on going out. I was like, okay, do you have something at your place? It's like I'd brought a bottle of wine the week before. Put that up, put that in my back pocket of my jeans, and we walked over. That rocks. That fucking rocks. But yeah, no, it was a good weekend. And where are you at? Because obviously I'm kind of out. I I I kind of shifted. So I was always out on like Halloween and like dressing up and stuff like that. But I think there is ways to navigate around it if you come up with something original. Am I a fan of wearing the full-blown Batman suit or the Spider-Man suit? Fuck no. I think if you like, for example, our our costumes yesterday they rocked like yeah. all Will Ferrell characters. Um, that that rocked, but like, uh, I just I, I can't get into wearing like a full blown like costume. I mean, I wore a fucking suit, but um, I think the way I around think- it, I'm kind of in the same. I'm not a huge costume guy. I don't love Halloween. It's like an awesome excuse to go out with your friends though, so it's okay. Yeah. But if you can find a way to pretty much wear normal clothes with like a hat that yeah. you wear differently or something i think that's the perfect like a dick in a box one like that was free that was easy we're normal yeah. clothes I, I, I had a great hair day i've been having a great hair day all weekend actually <laughs> i might become a no hat guy now um but yeah no it, it if you can swindle it like next year um we we talked about like being not to appropriate you doc and zoobs but we talked about being all famous bald people uh all of us next year so like <laughs> Dr. Phil, like all those I could be Doc, I guess. I could be Dr. Internet. Um, but yeah, no, we uh talked about that. So if you get in like funny themes with your friends, it's hilarious. Like yeah. that, like that's the funny part. I agree with that. I I don't think I'd want to go to like a club in a Halloween fit, but it's a perfect house party weekend, too. For sure. For sure. But uh yeah, no, other than that though, I mean it was fun. I mean, Halloween is definitely fun for sure. It's just, uh, it's the costume stuff, like uh, the couple's costume. I couldn't imagine, like some some of my buddies have girlfriends and they were like just getting ready with their girlfriends for hours, spending hundreds of dollars on costumes. I could not be more out on that. See, that I, would be, I would be fine with that if someone like tells me what to be and I'll be like, okay, I'll do that. Yeah, I yeah. Feel like they just get the call. Co- all you have to do is show up in the other costume. That's that's where I think I'd be fine with it. But it's yeah. the, the best Halloween ideas come the day after you've dressed up for Halloween and then you forget it for next year. Yeah, for sure. Or you were like, Randa has been Jackie Moon. Randa yeah, wore Jackie so Moon back both back nights. Wearing yeah, Robert Wilson was uh, Chaz from uh, Wedding Crashers. What? Ma the Meatloaf? Yeah, that, that costume rocked. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so it was electric. You'd love to see it. Um, but let's go into some Blue Jays stuff, man. I mean, <clears throat> obviously... Nothing really happening in Blue Jays land besides this fucking entirety of this discourse and stuff like that. But I kind of wanted to do like an early, not an early prediction, but a guy you're looking forward to seeing next year. Like just kind of talking about that right now. Cause I know um, I see all the prospect stuff and I see the Palma Johnny. How do you say it, Avery? Palma. Yeah, I think that's what I, there's a lot of Italian in that last name. And I yeah, I should up. be able to pronounce it, but I don't remember what it is. Uh, Damiano yeah, like, Palmagiani, I think, is what his Palmagiani. name is. Johnny, could who's, be. Who's, I, who's I, one guy you're looking forward to seeing next year? Um, it might be tough to see. We had some the video. Oh, my camera just went stupid yeah. down here. Um, Alec Manoa. Really? It's a make or break year for him. No, my camera doesn't want to work. Um, yeah, exactly. Like, how do you 
those videos coming out of Alec Manoa right now is exactly what we needed to see for him to be back in the good graces of Blue Jays fans. Is, is it not? Yeah, I, has, I think. But he has one month to show that he gives a fuck. And that's spring training and wherever he starts. Imagine the scenes if he comes into spring training and just shoves like goes Yusei Kikuchi 2023 spring training and just absolutely fucking carves and brings us all back in. I, I would love to see it. Obviously, we're a fucking Blue Jays fan, and so obviously we'd love to fucking see that. But um, Alec Manoa is taking you. You're right. He's taking the proper steps. He looks like he is slimmer. I don't know if that's just what he's wearing in that video, but he his does face look slimmer. His face looks slimmer. Yeah, he looks slimmer, and obviously that's the first step. Does making you skinny automatically make you good at baseball? No, no it doesn't. Let's make that very clear as well. But it's good to take the proper uh the proper steps to get it, get back to where he was before which is a skinnier version of himself and look and looked a little bit more in shape than he was in this season right um so yeah but for me the guy that I am looking forward to seeing uh for next year is obviously like I know he's our friend but the David Schneider bounce back not a bounce back but the David Schneider first full season in the show um it's I mean, it's hard season to bounce, like hard season to follow up, hit, like make setting multiple historic rookie records. But I am looking forward to seeing the David Schneider bounce back uh, next year, the kind of full season under his belt and see how he adjusts and uh, stuff he did in the offseason. We're going to have him on the pod again in a couple of weeks. We already talked about it. So uh, we could talk about that with him, what he's working on and stuff like that. But um, yeah, it, that that's one guy I'm really looking forward to seeing besides obviously the Alec Manoa stuff where he where Alec Manoa is at. Yeah, that's another good one, too. I think he's a legit prospect and a le legit major leaguer, but those are questions that are going to be answered again early on as well, right? So um, if there's anyone else, I think Bowden Francis is kind of interesting to me as to what... Yeah, oh, we could get him on the pod, too. I keep forgetting. That's another as, guy. That's one of as our to guys. what route they take with him, because I think he's got the talent to potentially be in the mix for a five spot. Um, again, Alec Manoa probably has the clear view to it um but i'm very interested to see what they do with him kind of more on the pitching side the bats i feel like they are what they are and what they do with guys who leave for free agency will kind of play its way out into what prospects play their way into a position for next season yeah and, and where are you at here because i saw this article written and avery's camera is just in fucking shambles Dude, right I, it will not focus on my face <laughs> it's, if it's, it's fucking crazy bro <laughs> but so I saw this article. I think it was from Ben Nicholson Smith. Is am I right? Avery, it, it was like the ten trades or 10 the ten things. trades. The most ridiculous fucking article I've ever read in my life. With all due respect, it's to perfect BNS. clickbait at this time. It's great clickbait, but it's just like, what are we doing? It's just like the longest article ever, and it's like some of these are so fucking. I, I don't know. It, it, it just like the one name that really sticks out to me is a guy that I know personally is Jake Fraley. Um, that's who Ben Nicholson, I think would fuck. I think Ben Nicholson would have, would have sex with, uh, Jake Fraley. Was he in a lot of the trades? Yeah. He was in every trade. No way. <laughs> yeah. I, I genuinely think he had Ben Nicholson Smith, Ben Nicholson Smith. Oh God. Had him in every single fucking trade. Um, so Jake Fraley is a good name. I'm excited. I'm wondering where this team is going to be at here with, uh, pickups this off season bats wise. Cause there's not many, there's not many options. Like, do you think. A Teo reunion is very realistic. Uh, I think they would throw more money at Jorge Soler before they give it to Teo. 
comes off yeah. a historical season of strikeouts. It's like, yeah, the home runs are nice. Um, sorry. He hits the home runs and he strikes out. That's what he's always done. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think they want that, but Jorge Soler might be better at that than Teo is. So I think that's who they they kind of give a run to. I, I am I want Soler so bad. Like I'm at, like the home runs he hits are never never wall scrapers. It's just fucking moon bombs off the flight deck. Uh, it's when just do you club. think when do you think we get an announcement on who is the hitting coach of the Toronto Blue Jays? Because I want to say maybe December, January, it's, maybe it's bound to change, right? Well, well, that and you kind of need to make that call kind of early because you want him to start getting in the ears of the players and establishing connections in the offseason, like what they're working on and stuff like that. You can't have it up have it up in the air who the coach is right now. Um, so I think that'll happen very soon. Um, obviously. So but if you wait, start. if you wait long, having someone who's already in the organization at the triple a level probably is the most seamless transition. If you're going to do it late, I think it'll be him. I think it'll be him. Hag. Uh, I, and I, I'm actually going to talk to Ernie about getting Hag on the pod. I'd love to talk to him. He seems like a great fucking guy. Every guy, Luplo loved him too. Um, so yeah, that, that that's going to be awesome. But Jorge Soler is the guy that I want. I, and obviously, that's like a very realistic one. Uh, obviously, Teo is another very realistic one. I don't see a Lourdes coming back. Lourdes is going to get fucking paid. Uh, but yeah, I, there's definitely a reunion potential to happen there. But I, there could also could be like a phantom move that Ross Atkins does like he did with the Chapman trade and uh, the Varsho trade that came out of left field. So there's tons of stuff that could possibly happen this offseason that I'm excited for, obviously. I'm excited to see what, what Ross got cooking. Because there's not yeah. many prospects to trade. So like, like Ricky Tiedemann is the only like needle-moving prospect where you could get like a really, really good return for. The rest of the guys, I don't really think move the needle for like teams and stuff. No, I'd kind of agree with you there as well. But it Ross seems a couple years in a row. It's by trade more than it is. One good signing in one trade is his kind of offseason move. So be interested to see how that goes. I think it's going to be a power bat. Not a ton on the market. And I think there's a deal made at some point with a trade. So, um, yeah, if I had to guess, I think we get two good moves. And then obviously some other small moves um, to get done. I saw... Yeah. <laughs> The Twitter GMs, Travis Jankowski is like a guy they all want. Wasn't that the guy who trashed Canada in like the Pan Am fields for all that stuff? Yeah, I don't want that fucking bozo here, to be honest with you. And he doesn't move the needle even in the slightest, actually, for me. So. No, no. Well, he's he's not going to be brought in to start. But yeah, um, he'll be a platoon guy, probably bench back. If I, would they like do to, uh, I would like to make a fool of myself and do 10 trades next week. I'll do it. You'll, you'll, you'll do 10 trades on Twitter? You'll do a thread? No, no, I'm going to do it on the episode. I'm going to do 10 okay. trades. Okay, and we'll... <laughs> I'll judge them, I guess. Yeah, okay. I will. I want, I want to be made fun. I, it might not be realistic, but we're going to have some fun next week. So I'll do 10 trades. Um, very special guest next week, by the way. Very special guest next week. We very won't say guest. who. We won't say who, but it, it is a very... Uh, yeah, he, he's one of the one of our guys, but it, I, I, that's going to be a good one. Very too. special guest this good. week. What? Very special guest this week. Yeah, if you're listening to the Spencer Horowitz episode uh, interview, will be draw will be coming up here really soon in a, a couple minutes. But uh, yeah, uh, this offseason is going to be it's it's always exciting in Blue Jays land when you're kind of in win now mode, especially with all the signings you've done. So um, should we post the? Uh, I want to talk this out loud. 
another content piece. Probably this week we might see it live at bats. Kale, the guy who's editing it and filmed it. How, how good is that camera? I want to drop that clip on gate 14. Um, that it's, it's, it's absurd. And, and, and for, for the listeners, like this is, this could not be more of a professionally done shoot. Like I said this to Avery, we, we were mic'd up and I have never sounded that good. Amount. It was the clearest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> That's Kale's the best man. So, uh, I'm excited to see, he texted me. He's like, Oh, do you guys need it for this weekend? I said, Kale, I wasn't expecting to see that for weeks. So don't worry about that. He said, okay, if I have more time, I'm going to meme it up a little bit. That's going to be funny. Yeah, that'll be funny. I, I don't want it to be overly memed, obviously. Like, I still want to have that old style where it's, like, not really, really professionally done. But, like, somewhere <laughs> in the middle, for sure. You can't have memes all over the fucking place. I mean, you're going to see that camera and know that it's well done. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But um, anyways, let's... uh. Let's cut it. Should we do it? Let's cut it now to the uh, awesome interview, by the way. Uh, Spencer Horowitz, one of our guys. Obviously, we went out out with him, so we knew him a little bit more. We were a little comfortable with him. But um, great interview with a great guy. Uh, Now, here we go. Spencer Horowitz interview. All right. Welcome back. We are now joined with a guy that's been long over. I say overdue, but this has been very, very overdue. A very requested guest on the Gate 14 podcast. Some may know him from when I broke the news he was getting called up. It's our guy, the Jewish cheater, Spencer Horowitz. What's up, brother? How are we doing, bro? What's up? How you guys doing? I haven't seen you in a while. Last time we were in person, it was just me, you, Avery, your brother. We had the whole crew there. What a night that was. How you been, man? How you doing? I'm good. I'm chilling. Back in Baltimore. Um, yeah, enjoying the offseason. Enjoying some downtime. What does your offseason consist of? Like, what are you doing? Because I know Ernie said he's golfing a lot. Are you a big golf guy? Um... Not big. I play once a week, probably. Is that big? I don't even know if that's big. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I I just kind of chill. I don't do much. Um, yeah, I just kind of hang out. I'm enjoying being bored right now. Were you Were you an O's fan growing up? If you're a Baltimore guy, yeah, big O's fan. Big Manny Machado, JJ Hardy, Melvin Mora, all those guys. So, is your family still O's fans, or they have they turned to Blue Jays guys yet? Um, once the Blue Jays got eliminated, they were rooting for the Orioles. But yeah, they're rooting for the Blue Jays up until then. Tough couple weeks then. A tough couple yeah. weeks for the yeah. Horowitz family. It was a, it was a, a short <laughs> playoff run for them. Let's go into before we go into like the like the the your career and stuff like that. Let's. I wanted to talk about that because we talked about it. I was very drunk when I talked to you about this. <laughs> uh, the Horowitz news. Did you know when I broke it? And were you like, who the fuck is this guy just breaking the Horowitz news? Like. Because your brother Ben, him and I talked about it, which we're going to in a little in a little bit. But did you see that I broke that, or like what? what like what was the family reaction with that? I had I, I didn't know who Gate Fourteen or Johnny was, um, and then my brother sent me a screenshot of it, and then it was like, how did this guy know? And who is this guy? I was like, I have no idea. And then um, <laughs> yeah, so then I like looked into you guys. I was like, oh, they're big Blue Jays guys. They have their own thing. I was like, if yeah, it felt like it was a. Uh, it was you were the right kind of guy to break the news. <laughs> you want it. You want listen. You're blue collared. Where I'm blue collared. I would rather you would rather have me, an idiot who do who does like an independent Jays podcast, break it than a fucking suit and tie breaking exactly. it for clicks on Twitter. That's why. Uh-huh. That's, that's what you like to see. <laughs> exactly, homegrown talent right there. So, the best thing that ever happened was that Coors Field home run you hit was absolutely fucking launched. <laughs> I just want, I want you to like kind of run down. Like that had to be one of the, your top baseball moments, right? 
and just yeah. what hitting in Colorado is like. Because as a hitter, you must go there and just be like, this is, I wish I could play every single game here, right? Yeah. So got caught up September 1. Didn't play the first day. Hit BP. I was like, this is nice. <laughs> um, day two, pinch hit in the ninth. Bases loaded, 8-7, two outs, struck out. Never had such a low before in my life. That was like, just got recalled. Wanted to help the team so bad. Where I think we're two, three out at that point. And I've never had that kind of low before of just like, just letting the whole team down. Felt like I let Toronto down. Because that was the first time I really like failed, failed in a big moment in the big leagues. And then get the lineup. I'm not in there for Sunday. Bell is back acted up and then I find out 15 minutes before the game I'm playing I'm like fuck yeah like this is what I needed like I needed to get right back in there because I was festering all night all morning about like man I can't believe that happened and then yeah got like right in the cage 20 minutes before the game got out there first game playing the field first yeah first like real start in the field and so I made it even better brothers there um first at back ground out I was like, all right, like, I'm good. Like, once I got that up out of the way, I was like, all right, I can touch the ball. And, like, it's not that bad. And then, yeah, it made the home run in that day so much better. Just going from such a low to such a high. Dude, that ball, we were streaming this. I think we were streaming it. That ball was fucking shot on. And you said (laughs) Ben was there. And, dude, I I, so obviously I got pretty close to your brother when we we went to that uh, dog and bear night. And me and him were just walking down the street. And we were Uh just, like, looking at each other like, that ball your brother hit was fucked. Like he he would just look at me. He's like, I can't believe how fucking far. Like we were. It was just like one of those like drunk conversations you have with your buddies where you're just say you're just repeating the same shit. But we just yep. kept talking about that home run. And I mean that was absolutely insane. And speaking about Ben, you gave the home run ball to him if I remember correctly. I think that's what he told me. What was like the reasoning behind that? Because obviously the parents played a massive part as well. But what was the reasoning behind giving that ball to your brother for your first home run ball? Um, that's my guy. That's why. Um, yeah, he, he's my ride or die. Um, yeah, he, he's helped me more than anyone in this world. And that, yeah, that's my absolute dog. Like literally my brother. And like when they say brother's best friend, that's, that's my dog. Yeah. Such a good dude. Such a good yeah, dude. That's a, That's my guy. Did you guys play ball growing up together too? Like same team, high school type thing? Uh, no. So he stopped playing baseball. I think his like sophomore year switched to golf. He was just kind of just done with it and um i think we played together like a few times and i was like five or six and like they just needed an extra guy but that was it too bad yeah so- i mean yeah that makes sense okay yeah. I, remember, I remember him telling me he wasn't a big baseball player no he was like uh he's a his football was his thing and then um he got a, a few too many injuries so that had to that was cut a little short that's good that the football stops sometimes good for some exactly. people's brains <laughs> yeah. So I want to talk about the start of this season for you. The World Baseball Classic. Fire. That has to be one of also one of the best baseball experiences you had, right? Yeah. I mean, you get to play every game in that, right? Just for you, what was that experience like starting off when it ended up being a great season for you too? Must have been just mm-hmm. an awesome start. Yeah. So I didn't really know what to expect. I didn't know anyone that had played in that. And yeah, I was just excited to go out there and play against the best and obviously our pool with dominican puerto rico Venezuela, <laughs> nicaragua it's just like all right well good luck and um yeah so 
that was my first time in a big league stadium playing. So that made my debut a lot easier. But, um, and then, yeah, that first game against Nicaragua, I, um, yeah, I came up in a pretty big situation and uh, came through against uh, Loisaga. So that was, that was tight. Um, but yeah, just that overall experience is uh, getting to know those guys and uh, getting that big win to solidify our spot again for next WBC. That's, it was great. Yeah. But just meeting those guys and playing against the best and that kind of environment is unbelievable. Dude, and another thing that was awesome is you got to play with just an absolute guy that's just ripping it apart in the Phillies clubhouse, Garrett Stubbs. Um, obviously, everyone knows that knows this knows I'm friends with Bryce and Stott, so I got to meet Garrett a couple times. Mm-hmm. He is an absolute electric factory, right? Like, what was it yeah. like playing with that guy, dude? Um, I'd say like his comp would probably be Ernie. Um, those two <laughs> are are really similar. They're uh, great dudes great energy just bring the juice every day um i only obviously only play with him for two three days but um i know him and chapman are good friends and um so yeah stubby was he was awesome to me and i saw him over in spring training too so yeah he's been awesome and seeing what those phillies are doing they seem like they're having a lot of fun and he's right in the center of it the Stubbs family is all time i know his brother cj they they love to have a good time so really? shout, shout out to the Stubbs family man <laughs> good for them uh, you defensively this season, they play you everywhere, all over the field. If you had to pick one defensive position for the rest of your life, you can only play one. Where are you playing? Oh, hitter. You can't <laughs> play hitter. Um, no, but I, I mean that. And like, I, I don't care where I play. I just want to play. And obviously I'm a, I'm a bat first guy and that's what I've always been. But I mean, defense and pitching is what, wins in playoffs and that's what the teams that are making the the deepest runs are doing right now it's who can who can pitch the best and uh some timely hitting and then good defense yeah who can launch yeah. moon balls when it matters too yeah. <laughs> yeah and speaking about the defensive side i gotta know this because uh every single guy we've got on this podcast like bassett all those guys tell us about how good of a guy brandon belt is and ernie talked about it last week but you were a little bit closer with him because you got to play the same position as him and obviously take ground balls and all that type of stuff. What was it like learning from Brandon Belt? And, like, did he fuck with you a little bit? Did he say some, like, funny shit to you and stuff like that? Yeah, so I first met Belter um, in spring training, obviously. And uh, he's one of those guys that I've, I love to watch because walks a lot, not has power, but he's more of a uh, control-the-zone first guy. And... Um, yeah, I remember it was our first day at uh, spring training together, fielding ground balls. Like, I hadn't seen him the whole time, and he comes out and just comes right next to me. He's like, hey, I'm Brandon. I was like, I know who you are. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you're Brandon Bell. Like, I was like, but it was nice of him to do that. And, um, yeah, just he's just the coolest dude. Just chill, never too high, never too low. It's just you're going to get the same guy every day, and that, I think that's one of the biggest parts that makes him so good. What's one thing you learned from him, like, specifically? Like, did he give you any tips, or was he just, like, a friend type of guy? Like, he's not going to give tips to someone unless they ask for it. No. So, um, I approached him um, about pinch hitting because that's something I, I I struggled with it this year. And then when I went back up for the playoffs on the taxi, I, I was like, dude, how do you do this? I was like, I am really not – I didn't have much success with it this year. I don't think any – I think I had five strikeouts. And uh, – He's like, well, what's your mindset in a normal bat? And I was like, work the count, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, is that your mindset during 
your pinch hits? I was like, no. He's like, <laughs> well, that's fucking stupid. I was like, well, yeah, I guess we put it that way. It is pretty stupid. But um, yeah, he just picking his brain about how he goes about at bats versus lefties versus righties and pinch hits in different situations. Yeah, that guy, like, he he uh he's uh he's wicked smart when it comes to when it comes to hitting. Um, and yeah, and he he loves to have fun too. <laughs> Because they had talked, Chris Bassett told us that when some people would come up, Brandon Belt would tell them, "Oh, you're not going to be here long." That was like the uh, first thing he was. Was that one? Were, were you were you the guy that you said that to? Nah, no comment. Um, <laughs> no, because the first time I went up, it was he was hurt, and um, that's why I went up. I, I was doing well in AAA, and he got hurt, and he played the same position, and that's what it was. Um, but no, nah, he didn't say anything directly like that, but. <laughs> No, he, but, everyone it, knows it's a, he's just fucking around, which is the funniest yeah, part of it. Yeah, no, like, uh, I, Brandon was awesome to me. And, um, yeah, I, I speak really highly of him. And, yeah, I, I love that guy. I, I want him to coach the Jays next year. That'd be electric. I feel like he'd be <laughs> a good fucking coach. I mean, we do, like, some of the Blue Jays guys, like, Jano uh, texted me that, like, sometimes the tweets we do about Brandon Belt go in, like, the Blue Jays uh, text thread or whatever because we call him the <laughs> cock. So it's just, like, it would just be hilarious if he was just the manager of the team. But, Going into, like, some guys on the team and stuff like that, I do want to talk about, like, because Ernie said Whit Merrifield really gravitated towards him because they kind of came up the same way. Who was one guy on the Jays team that kind of took you under his wing or kind of helped you out when you needed help and stuff like that? Um, First, it was Ernie, for sure. Um, Yeah, when I first got called up, uh, he was there, and that made it way smoother. Um, And, uh, yeah, so I met a lot of the guys, Kiermaier, Whit, Chappie, they were all really cool to me in spring training, Bo. Um, and then when I went up in September, it was um, it was it was most of the guys. They were all they were all good to me. Um, yeah, I talked to Chappie a lot. I I loved picking his brain on the defensive side, and he was it was really cool to just be able to talk to him. Was, he's got multi All Stars, multi Gold Gloves, and he's still trying to learn. And he's like he's like, what are you doing in the box like this? He's like, I love what you do. And I was like why are you asking me like, <laughs> like you're Matt Chapman but it, it just kind of solidified it like I was part of that team and um and that I, I was there for a reason and uh yeah just being able to talk to those guys and Chapman was he was awesome to me yeah Wit always made me feel welcomed and yeah it was really cool we had a really good group is there uh is there an at-bat that you think was like you're welcome to the big leagues moment that didn't go your way it's like fuck this is this is like big league pitching now that we're seeing it's kind of a little different ball game here yeah is that uh that colorado pinch hit i was like i was like holy crap and um and then we talked about it the next day and i was like uh just talking about it with it was with chappy he's like he was on second he's like dude those pitches were gross i was like i know i was like what was that he's like i don't know sometimes they went like that but yeah but yeah that one was that one was tough and um yeah, but getting back in there the next day was so big for me, just so it wasn't wasn't weighing on me. Yeah, I mean, going into your AAA year, I listen. We we're Spencer Horowitz guys. We're horny for Horowitz. You know that. <laughs> um, your AAA all stats. My, all my high school buddies say that. All my college buddies. Say they they that. took it. They got it from the Gate Fourteen boys. Oh yeah, they love it. <laughs> <laughs> listen here, I'm not one of the tires. You're. I'm going to keep this as, as abundantly clear. Your AAA stats this year were absolutely fucked. I mean. 132 hits, 10 home runs, 945 OPS, 450 on base percentage. What was going right for you this year? 
And how fun was it to just go to the stadium every single day and just know you were going to absolutely shit on someone? Because I've never felt that. And neither is uh, Avery, obviously. I mean, what was that feeling like? Um, yeah, it was um, It was just like, I don't know. It wasn't like oh, I was going to go shit on someone. It was just like I knew that like I was in the best place to succeed. And like it was like the environment that we created in Buffalo was unbelievable. Like those offensive numbers are just like looking back now, like in the moment, I didn't really appreciate it, but looking back, like our lineup was dogs <laughs> and uh, it was, yeah, it was just when the first month was dog shit though. If you look at our first month stats, like every no one was hit. No one hit well the first month. And then once we got it going, man, it was special. And that offense was the best offense I've ever been on for sure. And I attribute it to coaching staff, the guys working and just the environment that was created by the lineup was uh, was like unmatchable. It was, yeah, we were just going out there and just kicking the shit out of people. I mean, and that's what it seems when you guys came up, you Davis, Ernie, it just kind of brought the same energy, right? Like you guys are confident, have fun doing it. Oh, rake it's it's a lot of fun so is matt hag is he as good at his job as everyone says he is because he seems like <laughs> the best fucking guy of all time i I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, i love hag he's just the electric <laughs> you're horny for hag too aren't you <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no Haggy's my guy that um yeah i had him in double a and triple a um yeah i gave him a call today he didn't answer but um <laughs> Yeah, he's being a dad, whatever that means. Yeah, couldn't be um, me. Could never be me. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but yeah, that's that, that's my guy. Um, he's helped me so much grow. And, and um, when you have that, the time that we've had together, he had that with me, Davis, Lantigua. Um, he had those two years. And when you have that time and you build that trust with a hitting coach, it's the first time I've ever had a hitting coach for more than a year and a hitting coach that, is open to conversations and doesn't have an ego and has played. And we just connected so well. And I think he's so good at that, at connecting with players because you see people all the time going up to him and talking to him or, yeah, it's just, yeah, he's really good at connecting with people, listening, trusting, and knowing exactly what will put you in the best situation to succeed. And I mean, going into like the hitting approach and stuff like that, I know a lot of it now is like not analytical, but like they really dive into the numbers and stuff like that. Like what do you focus a lot on like stats, like hard hit percentage, barrel percentage, all that type of stuff? Or do you just say, fuck it and go to the plate? Like, like when you're preparing um, for games and stuff like that. Uh, it depends on the day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I like certain things. There's certain, I like looking at pitch shape. I, that's something Hague has really helped me with is understanding what, what the fastball is going to do and basing it, everything else off that. And, unless it's like a guy that's just ripping 70% sliders, I'm, I'm going to base everything off the fastball. And Hague is – Hague and the Blue Jays, they, they've done a really good job of um, helping us understand what the fastball is going to look like and what to expect um, before we're in there. And um, Hunter did a great job. He was a – he was a, my hitting coordinator before and now the hitting coach in the big leagues. And Hunter, um, he speaks really similarly to um, – to Hague. So yeah, I mean, all those guys in the big leagues too. It's just, um, Hague, Hague's special. Yeah. 
for your hitting, I think you have a unique setup. Like I like watching you hit unique setup. Has anyone here tried to fix that at all? Change something up? Or is that how it's been? You're kind of set up as you played baseball, just comfortable for you all the time. Um, I'd say, so I made that setup change in 21, July 27th. Um, so if we looked at my numbers from July 27th, from when I made that setup change, I think it'd be pretty good. So, um, yeah, the reason I made the change, I was hitting 210. You guys had no idea who I was because I was a 24th round pick hitting 210 with two homers in, in high A in the dog days of July. And um, I was like, something's got to change or this job's not going to be much longer. And uh, so, yeah, I just went in, watched my favorite hitters. I watched Matt Carpenter, Michael Brantley. I watched Ryan Noda, who was having a crazy year with the Dodgers, who we just traded. And they were all getting into the similar position and I just couldn't get there. I wasn't getting there and couldn't get there. So I was like in the cage one day and I was just like, I got to that position. I was like, all right, just throw the ball and I'm going to swing from here. And then it's just slowly morphed into it and just gotten more comfortable with it. And yeah, it's, it's brought some success. Here comes stock guy, Johnny folks. Here comes stock guy, Johnny. <laughs> the month after he made that change, he hit 364 with five nukes and 21 RBIs. In 99 at-bats. That is fucking ridiculous. Why, if I had you in my ear when I was at junior college, I'd be at a goddamn D1 right now. I'd, I, I, you, people would be interviewing me if I had this little hitting change that you have. That is absurd. And then the month after you hit 375. Holy yeah. shit. After yeah, you did that, though, did you just like – did it immediately click like weeks after? You're like, holy shit. Like, we might have something here. No. So, my August was crazy in 21 – um and they started calling me mr august it was funny <laughs> um but uh no and then then i got to go to the fall league after that year because of the success i had in the second half and then i did well in the fall league and um that's when I, it really hit me and i was like i think i could be onto something with this like like this is like playing against them this is like the elite prospects like I was still like a fringe guy going into the fall league. Like I was so grateful that they sent me and like, that's not typical of teams to send low round guys, but um, yeah, it worked out well there. And that gave me a lot of confidence and a lot of confidence from the blue Jays. It was like, Oh, they see what I'm doing. So they're going to, they treated me really well and sent me there. And then I had more success in the fall league and um, yeah, it just built confidence and success is going to build confidence and confidence is going to build success. Were you uh, more proud to be a fall league invite guy or playing the Cape that summer that you played there? Ooh, very the similar, Fox. very similar kind of invitation. Yeah. Cause you go to small um, school, right? Like exactly. That. So yeah, I, I, yeah, the Cape was a big deal. That was like the first time I realized I could get drafted. That was like, I remember I got that invite with my teammate who, um, who was like the prospect on our team. And um, yeah, I was, I was excited about that. Yeah, I mean, the Cape Cod League is just where all the dogs go. Like, Bryson went there. Everyone else went there. It's just, that's just, that's where the big dogs go is they go to the Cape Cod League. But speaking about the MLB and stuff like that, did you ever have a moment, like, maybe when you're at the field or playing in a big game and stuff like that, where you got a chance to take a step back and be like, holy fuck, I'm in the big leagues right now? Because Ernie always talks about you guys in the dugout used to high-five each other and be like, holy shit, we're in the show right now. Did you have that moment by yourself where you're like, I'm a big leaguer right now? Um, the first time I was like, holy crap was, um, my first plane ride. Um, 
just experiencing that, like sitting behind Kevin Gosman, Brandon Bell, Jose Barrios, Whit Merrifield. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> and um, so that was crazy. And then getting to experience it with Ernie and Davis, that was icing on the cake. It's like, you're doing it with your dogs. And like, these were your guys that were, that were in Scranton PA when it was 30 degrees in the first week of the season. Like, these are the guys that have been through it. And especially those two guys, like it's unbelievable. Like looking at what Ernie did after coming back from his, I think it was like his worst minor league season or worst season the year before comes around and just goes ballistic. And everyone's like, yo. And then Davis is just, that's been my dog since 2019. Like played every level together guy that's been overlooked always just not like battling for playing time. And everyone's like, give this guy some more but he was just overshadowed by prospects and finally to break out of that in an unbelievable way is oh man it, it was it was a special year and then being able to be there that last month all together was was sick is there a is there a rookie initiation when you come up to the big leagues um you see it's soccer all the time they got to get up sing the songs is that what you have to do for the jays yeah too? yeah there's there's a bunch of stuff you go through it's um yeah, there's just different things that you do that, I mean, it's, it's a brotherhood and um, yeah, like I got a, I got a great beer shower in um, Colorado after my first home run. That was, that was really cool. Kind of gross, but really cool. But yeah, you do just uh, nonsense stuff and uh, it's a lot of good fun and yeah, it's fun. Dude, it used to be way worse in the old days. Like uh, Edwin Jackson told me a story where they made all the rookies dress up in dresses and be like the beer cart girls on the team airplane uh, back in the oh, day, like yeah. pass the team cigars and shit like that. So they have it a little bit, a little more toned down nowadays. Yeah. But, no, you but... saw um, Davis's Instagram. He posted it. Um, we had to dress up for our last trip. It was just me, Davis, and a few of the, uh, I think it was a translator. And uh, like it was everyone's, whoever's first year it was, they all, had, we all had to dress up. And I'm wearing this giant dinosaur costume, just walking <laughs> through JFK airport. And I'm like, this is crazy. And uh, yeah, Davis had the sheriff and with the mustache. It was sick. Yeah, yeah, that was a sick costume. But speaking about the airplane, though, I got to talk about this because I love the post game, like after a sweep or a two game win series. I love hearing stories about the team plane, how electric it is. I always text Swanee about it. I was like, did you boys get after them on the plane? I need to hear these stories. What was your for, first post series win airplane ride like? Like after that, like were you guys just crushing beers? Like what was the vibes like? Just blasting tunes? Like explain that to the people. Yeah, um, after Colorado, that was the first series win that I was there for, and like helped too, so it made it way better. Um, yeah, me and Davis were on the plane just going nuts. Um, yeah, it was it was cool, but. Um, yeah, and then that long plane ride back from Oakland. Didn't get the sweep, but still, big series win. I think we were in the playoffs at that point. So, yeah, yeah. everyone was riding the high from that, too. Yeah, dude, the, it's, plane I, is, uh, yeah it's a special place. It's are, do they, are, they car, are the Blue Jays card game guys? Like, are you ripping around, like, playing expensive card games? I know you're on that rookie contract. You just mentioned you bought yeah, an no, iPod. But are, are they ripping the card games? <laughs> yeah, I mean, me and Davis are playing $25 hands, but there's a, there's a much bigger table for the guys with 10, 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> who's, who's playing in that one all the time? Uh, it's, not... it's just the vets. Yeah. Oh, it's, that, um, that... It mixes up all the time there. Everyone. I mean, yeah. Who doesn't love cards, but um, yeah, I, I know uh, 
Yeah, Belt wasn't afraid to get on that table. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's what I miss, man. I will say that I I like do not miss at all playing baseball. I was cat shit. Tonight, I just though. Miss- tonight though. Tonight, though, with me and me and Avery are doing live at bats tonight. It's the most anticipated thing in Gate 14 history. We're doing live at bats tonight. Avery has a torn labrum. He's already using the excuse train, uh, which is why I'm going to rake off him. But yeah, that's like the biggest thing I miss. I just miss the bus rides with the boys, like just the post game beers with the guys. Like it's just it's the greatest fuck. It might be better than actually playing. It, it truly yeah. might be better than playing. It's that's like that's the worst part about the offseason is like, I mean, I'm 25, living at my mom's house still, like chilling, like super grateful for all that but then like it's such a shell shock it's like you're going from every day being with the guys from noon till 10 p.m in the locker room hanging out with 25 dudes and then you're just boom by yourself and it's like holy shit what's the uh what's the off-season plan for you what's the uh like obviously get stronger do all that stuff is there a swing thing you're thinking about anything that you better not change fucking nothing <laughs> you better not fucking change nothing no, um <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's minor tweaks but um yeah i'm really gonna hone down on uh just really the mental side is what i what i really want to get better at and just um try and try and uh to not ride the wave as much and uh try and be be more kind to myself and yeah it's it's a grueling game and I need to enjoy it more is what I think instead of just being such an asshole to myself. What I might do is I might text you after every game. I might just, <laughs> I might pump your tires a little bit, get in your ear, let you be like, all right, I'm in good spirits here. Cause I wish someone did that to me. I would just body bag roast the fuck out of me after like a one. Well, I was, I mean, I hit 185. There's not really much, many good games there to talk about, <laughs> but I would definitely, I would definitely need that. If someone re- reaffirm, reaffirm, is that the word Avery? Re- reaffirmation? No, reaffirm? that's not it. That's not the word. Whatever it is, whatever it is. But I, I, I going into the like the offseason stuff and stuff like that. Ernie Clement always texts me, Avery, and Alto and Curtis his updated beer league hockey stats in the offseason. <laughs> are you a beer league hockey guy? Like, are you playing? Because no, I saw a picture of you with a child playing hockey. Yeah, no. Um, I'm actually coaching a middle school hockey team starting next week. I'm actually pumped <laughs> about that. Um, yeah, so I was hanging out with my high school coach. We were just like catching up. He's like we need an assistant coach for our middle school team. You want to help out? I was like, yeah, I do. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's my big off season plans is coach middle school hockey. That is so goddamn electric. <laughs> like the kids are skating by like, doesn't that guy play on the blue Jays? The fuck is he doing coaching <laughs> hockey? It just makes it's yeah, electric. Yeah. I'm surprised you don't play beer league, man. I mean, Ernie's locked in every nah. single, like, I think it's a Thursday, every single Thursday. He just texts us his stats. He goes, he can't score. Those three assists. Ernie's good at everything. So, like, yeah, it's not fair. Me, I, like, I'm trying not to fall over anymore. It's been a while. <laughs> God, that fucking <laughs> rock. And so the last thing that I want to talk about is that I always bring this up when we have big leaders on this podcast, my old podcast, stuff like that. What was your big league moment like? Like, what's the biggest difference you noticed from the big leagues to the minors besides the airplane where you talked about that stuff? Tyler Matzik said it's just the unlimited amount of Blue Jays gear or whatever team gear you could get. Some other guys said it's having a clubby to be able to get whatever the fuck you want for you to say it, and he brings it in your locker. What was the biggest, like, this is the show thing off the field for you? Um, off the field? Um, room service is really cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the first day I got out there, um, I ordered room service, and I was like, this is sick. <laughs> um yeah, that was that was really cool. Uh, what else? It's the big leagues are sick. It's just like 
it's just so sick <laughs> dude it, 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 it's wild like i uh so when i well not to, again to not to nature when i went to go visit bryson in philly he just like was like to me he's like what do you want for food i was just like whatever you have and he just came out post game with just a massive tray of food for me and his like and his wife or fiance and i was like this is this fucking rocks like this is just yeah insane. like yankee stadium food like we we're getting filet lobster sushi in the same night I'm like what are we doing like the boys in scranton pa are just getting pasta and noodles and meatballs so i'm like this is unreal who's uh who's one guy because ernie said latigo right avery that we should look out for on the buffalo buy who's that one guy on the bisons besides him that we should like look forward to coming up with the Jays or kind of go on like a run like Schneid's and you and Ernie went on, like an underrated guy in the system. Yeah, um, underrated guy. Pomigiani's popping off right now. Oh my god, that he's that, he's Canadian. <laughs> no he's Canadian. Idea. Like played on the Canadian WBC team. Like another late round guy. He's going crazy in the fall league right now. Um, who else? Like underrated. Um. <sighs> what yeah. about like ricky t like well what are your thoughts on ricky t because ernie like our some of the listeners were like to us what a scouting report by ernie because all ernie said about ricky t was he's just fucking nasty that's all he yeah, said about like he's literally him like that's him that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ricky t like everyone knows ricky t like it's it's ricky t yeah he's so gross dude he's so yeah, gross i man. haven't faced him but i talked to some guys that have and they're like it's not fun so. Yeah, it, it's electric. But uh, we'll end it off with this one, though. Who's the hardest pitcher you faced so far in your big league career? Like, who's one guy that besides – I know we talked about the Rockies guy, but who's one guy where you're just in the box, you're like, what the fuck is this dude throwing me right now? Yeah, Michael King gave me a big fit. Um, yeah, two at-bats, two strikeouts on him. He um, he was on that night, though. Um, yeah, it was just um, – I, I wasn't prepared well for that one. Um, I had just a bad game plan. Cause I thought he was going to do one thing, but yeah, hopefully face him again next year and get him. But yeah, that was one that I, yeah, I kind of my fault, but also credit to him for executing on a different level. Yeah. Was that the day he had like 13 strikeouts too? Yeah, that was, no, that doesn't count. He was the best yeah, pitcher he, of all time that day. <laughs> yeah, He was on that day. Other than that, um, you got Garrett Cole too. You had Scherzer, right? At yeah. Those though. guys are like, to me, what I think makes those guys so good is one, ultimate competitors, two, longevity, but it's also like those guys you just miss. Scherzer dominated me. I got a hit by pitch and a strikeout, so I can't really say that. <laughs> um, but yeah, those guys, it's like, it didn't feel like crazy. Like their stuff didn't feel that crazy that day when I faced them, but it's their execution is, and like you just miss them. And it's like, well, that's how they, you just miss them once, you just miss them twice, and then they strike you out. That's how they do it. That is true. Anything else, Avery? Anything else for our guy? No, I'm good, man. Thanks, Spencer. man. What a pleasure this was. Like I said, long overdue. I'm glad we got you on right after Ernie, and then we're going to get, uh, I believe, Swanee or Jano on in the next couple of weeks. But we appreciate you and this, man. We'll be rooting for you. You know, like I said, you'll be getting a text non-spring training. I'll keep you, I'll keep you uh, distant spring training when you're buzzing with the boys. But I'll shoot you a couple texts after a good game, let you know. You see the clips. You see all the stuff we do. So you yeah. know we're on your side, man. And uh, keep doing your thing, brother. It was awesome to see what you did this year, my man. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. All right. There you had it. I mean, great interview. Great guy. Avery, you actually texted me this. Um, you texted us in the group chat after about like just me being able to talk to these pro guys. I don't understand what the fuck you were talking. Like, what are you talking about? Like um, the questions? 
yeah you just snap it around just off the top of your head just yeah i never prepare anything i know that's perfect there's a a couple talking points but you just you've done it so much and it's so yeah like natural for you i'd I applaud you. You're a good interview guy, John. Like every single official and official interview, probably like 80% of them. I never had a question ever like written before. <laughs> like uh, I would just go in there. I'd creep their Instagram while I'm doing the podcast with them and like just bring random shit up and as the conversation flows. But um, I would never prepare really, which I guess is not really a good thing, I guess, kind of because <laughs> you could there's so much more stuff you could talk about. But I, I just like to I don't like to have a script. So, I, yeah, it's a. Uh, but Horowitz is a great guy, man. I'm wishing the best for him next year. I hope, I hope he's uh, – because he's going to be taking over that Brandon Belt role, right? I mean, he's going to be that guy that's going to be platooning with Vladi every day, right? I think that's so, where he slots in. Yeah, and he knows that. He knows that going into the season where he's like, uh, I have a chance to be like an everyday starter here for a big league club. So, um, And he knows that, and he's he, he looked – I mean, he looked great. He has a great swing, great bat-to-ball uh, – Bats a ball ability when he's at the plate, and uh, I think he's going to be a massive part of this team next year. It's just, uh, fuck it, like let the kids go, bro. Like let let it go, Ernie. Let it go, Schneider. Let it go, Horowitz, man. And then like just bring in a Solaire or something like that to fill in for Kiermaier. Fuck it, you know. <laughs> so let the kids cook. Yeah, I'm ready for it too, man. Yeah, but uh, anyways, uh, crazy. It's just like it, it's such a big gap in between our episodes. We're like, we don't really have that much to talk about, obviously, but um, it's still it's just like, it just feels weird still because we're still only like two weeks out of the Jays being eliminated, but or three weeks out of the Jays being eliminated. But uh, great pod. Uh, it's good. It's good to be back. We're going to keep getting interviews. I have four or five more guys lined up. I'm not going to say the names of them uh, for the next four or five weeks. So the content's going to be coming. Stay tuned for the live at bats. Hopefully it drops later this week, maybe a little Thursday, Friday drop for the people to get you going a little bit. But uh, the numbers have still been crazy on the podcast. So a lot of you guys are still 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 uh, rocking with us in the offseason. We really do appreciate that. We love you guys. I do have and, one. Uh, I do have one thing to say. We didn't get big enough where someone went as Johnny and Avery for Halloween. I don't think. Yeah, I don't know if you did DM us or tweet at us. But I know a couple people did. Um, there was one kid that said, how, how should I wear my hat? Because I'm dressed as you forwards or backwards. I'm like, that's <laughs> obvious backwards. But uh, yeah, let us know if you guys did that. But anyways, man, love you guys. Uh, gate 14 forever we'll chat next week big guests next week hope you guys enjoyed this episode